Good morning. Happy Saturday, everyone. So I just woke up this morning. I prayed a little, worshipped, and I just felt in my spirit to just encourage someone through um, Ezekiel chapter 37. Um, the title of that chapter, well, one of the titles of that chapter is um, A Valley of Dry Bones. So this is one of my favorites because so many times in our lives we find ourselves in the valley of the dry bones, be it financial dry bones, marital dry bones, uh, health um, dry bones, work dry bones, academic dry bones, relationship dry bones, and just dry bones in general. Um, so this Ezekiel 37 has been my go-to for many years because of how the Lord just encouraged me through his word in Ezekiel. So before wasting time, we're going to dive right into it. It talks about the valley of the dry bones. So many times in my life, I have found myself in the valley of the dry bones because, you know, life is what life is. Sometimes you do find yourself in those moments where things are not so nice. Things are not as you would expect them to be. And the beautiful thing about relying, depending, and living in Christ is that you always know that you don't have to go through the valley of the dry bones alone. He promises that, God promises that he will never leave us nor forsake us in Jesus and through the Holy Spirit. And he fights our battles. He He is our provider. So we... For me, I I go back to the word and just to find what does God say about this dry bone. So in Ezekiel, I see power. I see the miracle of obedience. I see Ezekiel just listening so intently to the instructions and, and trusting the person that is giving him the instructions and doing exactly what he's told and experiencing the miracle. So it's really, it's a beautiful harmony. It's a beautiful, beautiful um, relationship. It's a beautiful, you know, son and father um, interaction and just the fruit of that, of that harmony, the fruit of that unity between father and son, the fruit of the unity between uh, instruction and obedience, the miracle that Ezekiel experienced is just so mind blowing for me. And I've been over the years able to tap into that miracle. So the valley of the dry bones, verse 37, uh, no, chapter 37, verse 1, it says, The Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. And he led me all around the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and completely dried out. Then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living again? Oh, wow. So this is pretty much like the bills that we get, you know, the, 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 the notice that you get, you know, the bank is about to repossess this, the bank is about to, you know, to, to take, to repossess your house, your car, because you have not been able to make payments regularly, maybe due to COVID and your business is not doing so well. So the value of the dry bones could be, you know, that child that is not really doing what he or she's supposed to do. Maybe started, you know, um, 
uh, going into drugs, alcohol, all of those things that are limiting, all of those things that are destructive and delaying. Or maybe the valley of the dry bones is that the country that you live in sometimes does not create a conducive environment for you to thrive because of the politics, because of corruption, nepotism, and all of these things that go on um, that are out of your control. Maybe the valley of the dry bones is that marriage that is, you know, was working, but now it's not for one reason or the other. Maybe the valley of the dry bones is your health where you feel like I've been doing everything the doctors told me to do. I've changed my diet. I've changed my, my sleep routine. I have been taking my meds regularly, but somehow I don't see any change. Maybe the valley of the dry bones is that addiction that you feel like I have been doing my due diligence. I have been, you know, disciplined enough to follow through the things that I was told in my AA meeting or in my, uh, by my counselor, my therapist, my psychologist, whatever. I have been doing my part, Lord, even spiritually. I've been doing my part. I've been praying. I've been fasting. I've been going to church. I've been reading the word. I've been watching sermons on YouTube. I have cut down on things that I, that normally used to distract me, but I'm still in the valley of the dry bones. And God is challenging each and every one of us saying, who's going through something. And he's saying to, to you and me, like he's saying to Ezekiel, Oh, um, then he asked me, son of man. Then God asked you, Anna, God asked Jerry, God asked, um, I don't know, Zeno, uh, can these bones become living again? Can your situation change? Can your business thrive? Can your marriage work? Can your children be delivered? Can, can your health be restored? Can your finances in, uh, improve? Can, can, can this and that, can this and that happen? Can that noise in the office be silenced? Can the drama end? Can it happen? Can the situation in your country change? Can the politics in your country change? Can the economy in your country change? Can your business thrive? So this is what what God is saying. He's challenging us today. And, you know, he's saying to Ezekiel, can these son of man, can, then he asked son of man, can these bones become living again? Is the hope for your situation? Is the hope for your circumstances? And then, oh, sovereign Lord, listen to Ezekiel. I just love Ezekiel's response because Ezekiel is anchored in the Lord. He replied, you alone know the answer to that. So that, that, that is mind blowing for me because what that says is that Ezekiel understand that God is sovereign. Ezekiel understand that God is omnipotent, all powerful. Ezekiel understand that God is omniscient, omniscient, all knowing. Ezekiel understand that God is omnipresent everywhere, anytime, any minute. So we see Ezekiel totally aligned with who God is, totally aware of who God is in his life and his power, how majestic, how majestic he is, how big he is, how superior he is, how almighty he is. So this is the beauty. And then in verse four, it says, then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. Come on. When at that moment, when God, you know, God obviously knew that, you know what, I can do something in Ezekiel's situation because Ezekiel understands who I am. He understands who I am in his life. He understands that when I say something, it will come to pass according to my will in my time. So this is what God says to Ezekiel. God doesn't say, okay, I will fix it. No, that's not what he says. He shows Ezekiel that when Ezekiel is surrendered to him and God can do through him those things that Ezekiel deems impossible. So there is this, you know, the son sees who the father is and the father recognizes that he can work with the son because 
because of the condition of the son's heart and mind. So this is what he says. That then he said to me that God would say to me or to you, if we are surrendered, speak a prophetic message to these bones in verse four, dry bones, listen to the word of God, not listen to the word of Anna, because my word has no power, not listen to the word of, of Zeno, because Zeno's word has no power, not listen to the word of this one and that one. No, it's not referring to any human. It says, listen to the word of the almighty God, the creator of the universe, the mover and the shaker. Listen to the word of God, because the Bible says in Hebrews 4 verse 12, that the word of God is like a double-edged sword. It pierces through even the dividing of spirit. It does not return unto him void. That is in another, another verse. So when you understand that, the moment you remove your words, your power, your understanding, your potential out of the way, and you tap into his supernatural power, let's see what happens next in verse four. Then the, verse four says, then he said, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come on. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. Oh my gosh. Look, I'm going to restore your finances. I am going to cause your business to thrive. I am go because I am Jehovah Jireh, your provider. I am going to restore that relationship because I am a restorer. I am, I am going to heal because I am Jehovah Rapha, your healer. I am going to do these things. Do you believe my word? Come on. Come on, I will change the politics in your country. I will change your situation. I will turn it around. Do you believe me? Do you trust me? And this is what it says in verse six. I will put flesh and muscle on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Do you see what is happening? God is demonstrating his resurrection power as he did at Calvary with G, uh, through Jesus death. And this is what he's saying again to Ezekiel. He's saying to Ezekiel, I will do these things. I will restore because I am a restorer. I will turn things around because I have the power to turn things around. I will change your situation. I will change your circumstances. You just need to be connected to me. You just need to trust my word. You just need to stay in fellowship with me. You just need to stay plugged in, plugged into the source, plugged into the power, plugged into the authority, plugged into that trust that you have between father and son. Trust my word, Ezekiel. I said, let there be light and there was light. So I'm going to tell you now that I will put breath into your situation. You think it's dead, but it shall come alive. I will put breath into your womb. You think you are barren, but you are not barren. Your pregnancy was delayed. I will do it. You thought that you were rejected, but it was redirection. I will do it. I am still at work. I have, I am not done with your situation yet. And then he says, um, and then what I like about that at the end of that verse, at the end of verse six, uh, in Ezekiel 37 verse six, it says, then you will know that I am the Lord. It's never for the glory of man that God does these things. It's always for his glory, that his name may be glorified. Everything that happens to us, if we are taking credit for it, if we, if it's all about us, then it does not give God glory. But when we surrender to God, we know that it is his power that is at work in our situation. Then he gets the glory so that his name may be glorified. Then we'll be able to experience miracle signs and wonders on this earth. But if we are doing things for our glory, then it's very short-sighted. It's going to be short-lived because we don't have the power to sustain anything in the long term. 
Only God can 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 uh, can uh, can can sustain something long term because He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His strength, His power, never runs out, but we run out. So let's see what happens in verse seven. So I spoke this message, and just as He told me, listen to Ezekiel. I spoke this message just as the Lord told me. Not just as I read in this motivational book or as I heard in this video, as I heard in that, in the, in the, as I read, as, as it is written in that quote. No, I said and did everything the Lord told me because there is power in obedience. The miracle is in obedience. Everything, the things that the Lord tells you to do, those are the things that you are supposed to do because we are his, we are under him. He is the lamp unto our feet and the light unto our path through his word. He guides and directs us. He, in him we live, we move, and have our being. We cannot do anything apart from God. So when God speaks, it is in our best interest to hear and to do those things that he tells us to do because God knows better. He works all things out together for our good. We might think we have the answer, but we don't know the future. But when we rely on God who knows the future, who sees everything, it is in our best interest to surrender because the miracle is in that is in obedience. The miracle is in doing what God tells us to do through his word. Ezekiel was so obedient in that and it was so impressive. And then this is what Ezekiel said. I spoke. So I spoke this message. Just as the Lord told me, I spoke this uh, life into my finances, just as the Lord told me. I spoke life into my health, just as the Lord told me. I, 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 I repeated re- scriptures over my, my marriage, over my relationship, over my country, over my business, over my, my family, just as the Lord told me. But in order for you to know this, you need to spend time in the word. You need to spend time in prayer. You need to spend time one-on-one with God so that you can hear what he's telling you in particular about your situation. But we don't Stay long enough at the feet of Jesus to hear what he's saying concerning our situation. We want to hear it from the pulpit. We want to hear it from YouTube. We want to hear it from all other sources, but we don't go to the most reliable source, which is God himself. And Ezekiel is demonstrating the power in obedience, the power in listening to God, the power in spending time with God, the power in understanding his word, and the power in following through that which he tells us to do. And then he says, suddenly, as I spoke. There was a rattling noise all across the valley. Come on now. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Look at the power in the word of God. Not in, in Ezekiel's wisdom. Not in Ezekiel's resolution for 2020. Not in Ezekiel's um, resolve. The power is in the word of God. And listening to the word of God and speaking the word of God over those things that you care most about. And that's when you begin to see miracles, signs and wonders. Because his word is alive. His word became flesh. His word, it, it, it accomplishes that which it sets out to accomplish because there is the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage in the word of God. It is anointed to break the yoke of bondage. It is anointed to deliver. The word of God is anointed to set free. The word of God is anointed to replenish. The word of God is anointed to multiply. The word of God is anointed to bring to life that which was, one, that which was once dead. So we have to trust the word of God in order to be able to experience the miracle. And when I say trust, I don't mean that you trust in your own terms. However long it takes, you stay in that prayer closet. However long it takes, you stay in that upper room. However long it takes, you you stay believing and trusting that until I see the results, God is not done. And as long as God is not done, I will continue to cry out to him and believe that he who has begun a good work in me and in my family, in my country, in my relationship, in my business will bring it to a successful completion because he's not a man that he should lie as in the book of numbers. And then he says in verse eight, 
Then, as I watch muscles and flesh form over the bones, then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Come on, look at, look, this is us. This is what we do. God is starting to show signs of, 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 of restoration. God starts to show signs of things shifting, things changing. So we start to focus on the earthly things. We forget how it all began. We leave our prayer closet. We leave our prayer room. We start to idolize the process, not idolize. Not, we start to idolize the process and take our eyes off of the person who is actually bringing this process to pass. We take our eyes off of Jesus. We start to look at, okay, fine. When, okay, this is, it's already happening, but when when is the final stages? I can see that, you know, his heart is opening up to me. I can see that um, my children are starting to, 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 you know, to spend some time reading the Bible. I can see that my sister is not doing this and that as she used to. I can see that, you know, situations in my country is changing. But when God, instead of celebrating what God is already doing, we are so focused on the outcome that we miss the miracle in the journey. We are not, it's not enough that God is moving. We are so focused on the end. When is it going to come to, 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 to full manifestation? But God God is saying, no, the miracle is in the journey. Stay with me in the journey. Keep doing what you are doing. And then you are going to enjoy the benefit when I'm done, not when you think I should be done. It's about commitment. It's about persevering. It's about trusting, long-suffering, endurance. When I say long-suffering, I don't mean that we're going to toss about, travail, and do all sorts of crazy things. No, it's about knowing and trusting the simplicity of the gospel. God says he will do it. I will stay worshiping. I will stay rejoicing. I will stay trusting. He says in Philippians 4 verse um, 4 to 9, do not rejoice in the Lord always. I say again, rejoice. Do not worry about anything, but by prayer and supplication, make your request known to God and with thanksgiving in your heart. Yeah, that's what we are supposed to do. We are not supposed to worry. We're not supposed to meditate on the things that are going wrong. We're not supposed to meditate on the glass that is only 1% full. If it's only 1% full, then celebrate. Trust God that if he can do 1%, he can do 50%. If he can do 50%, he can do 100%. So we stay in a state of rejoicing, keeping our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Do not leave your altar. Do not leave your prayer room just because you see signs of, 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 of life. No, and this is, this is, you stay until the baby is full born, until the baby is out of your womb. You stay, you push until the baby is out of your womb. You push until the baby is walking. You push until the baby is crawling. You keep doing what you're doing. This situation teaches you how to make prayer a lifestyle. If you stay with Jesus, if you stay in his word, if you continue to hear his word, if you continue to do the things that he tells you to do, your life will be easier because his yoke is easy and burden is light. Things become complicated when we start to do things ourselves, when we start to rely on our own understanding. Yeah, things become complicated when we start to help God, but God doesn't need our help. He just needs us to listen and do what he tells us to do because everything will work out together for good in his in his timing 
in his season and his way. We just need to trust, stay connected. And when I say stay connected, it's not just for God to solve your problems. It's for the enjoyment of Christ. Make this a lifestyle. Let, let, let this night become just a one, one, one type of situation. Oh, when I'm in trouble, this is what I do. No, I stay connected to God throughout the year. I stay connected to God throughout the week. I stay connected to God throughout the weekend. I stay connected to God throughout my life. It's a lifestyle so that nothing in this world will catch me by surprise. Anyway, let us go back to the word. And then he says, then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds. O son of man, look at God. God is not speaking. God himself is not speaking the prophetic word. He is empowering Ezekiel to speak a prophetic word. He's empowering me to speak a prophetic word over my children, empowering you to speak a prophetic word over your finances, over your marriage, over your relationships, your family, over your business, over your country, over the economy of the world, over the entire world, over your church, over your community. He is empowering you and me and showing us through Ezekiel that this is possible if we are if we are connected to him and if we stay connected to him so our circumstances should not dominate our mind our circumstances should not dominate our faith our faith should dominate the environment our faith should dominate the the situation and challenges that we are trusting God for and this is what he's saying in verse nine. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds of son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come on now. Again, you see, this is what the sovereign Lord says. This is what the powerful God says. This is what the anointed one says. This is what the deliverer is saying. This is what the way maker is saying. Not what I'm saying. Not what my prophet is saying. Not what my Baba Mama is saying. What God himself is saying. The one who said, let there be light. He's saying, speak his word over your situation. And then he said, speak a prophetic message to the winds, O son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. Come on. Breathe into these finances. Breathe, breathe into this business. Breathe into this marriage. Breathe into this relationship. Breathe into this country. Breathe into this business. Breathe into this concept, into my studies. Breathe, breathe. Breathe into my health, breathe into my body, breathe into my, 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 my everything, breathe, breathe into this because he is the resurrection and the life. Breathe. I love it. I love it. Come on breath from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So, and then verse 10, it says, so I spoke the message as he commanded me. You see, again, Ezekiel reiterating the, the importance of speaking that which God tells you to do, which is his word back to, into your situation. Speak his word because his word is alive. It pierces through. Speak his word over your finances. Speak his word over your business, over your program, over your plan, over your vision, over your dream, over your vision board. Speak his word. This is what he's saying over the economy of a country, over, over the nations of the world. Speak his word over the church. Come on now. He said, speak his word. And then he said, so I spoke the message as he commanded me and breath came into their bodies. Look at that restoration, hope, deliverance, healing. Oh my God. And then they said, and then he says, they all came to life. Come on and stood up on their feet. A great army resurrection power at work. His word is alive guys. 
We just need to trust his word. Stay enough in the word of God to trust what he says. Stay long enough in that prayer room to see everything come to fruition into full manifestation, not just bits of it and get discouraged. Because if you see the first part, I mean, in, in verse seven uh, and eight, the, the first part, it was just when he, when he instructed him to speak the word, he first, he only heard the rattling noise and then bones um, and then the flesh came into uh onto the uh, onto the skeletons but there was still a second phase that means that Ezekiel needed to stay on he needed to stay he needed to keep pushing he needed to keep pressing in he needed to keep trusting he needed to keep fasting he needed to keep believing he needed to keep rejoicing he needed to be to keep uh in the state of contentment he needed to to be in that space where he knows that the god who answers by fire he is god and his word shall not return void. I believe it. He said it and he will do it. What is my position? Thanksgiving, prayer, supplication, thanksgiving, prayer, supplication. Never worry because worry will delay you. Never become anxious because anxious will, will bring you into a state of stagnation because of the mental toxicity that, that as a result of worry, I, you keep consume those things that increase your faith. Stay faithful, stay believing, stay rejoicing, stay trusting, speak the word of God over your situation. Speak the word of God over your mind. Speak the word of God over your thinking. Speak the word of God over everything concerning you. And then it says um, in verse 11, he said, then he said to me, son of man, oh my gosh, these bones represent the people of Israel. They're saying we have become all dry bones. All hope is gone. Wow. Our nation is finished. How many times do we find ourselves saying that? Yeah, I, my, my, my finances have become dry bones. My, my, my country has become dry bones. My nation has become dry bones. My company has become dry bones. My health has become dry bones. My children, my vision, my purpose has become dry bones. My passion has become dry bones. We are finished. Like just as Ezekiel was saying, I mean, just as the Lord was saying to Ezekiel about the, the nation of Israel, our nation is finished. Our marriage is finished. Our company is finished. Our finances are finished. Our, our, our children are finished. Everything is finished. It is done. Everything is broken. It is gone. But God is saying then in verse 11, therefore prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Prophesy, prophesy, speak the word of God. I mean, it, he's given us permission to speak his word because the magic, the power, the mystery, the miracle, the wonder is in his word. Because when you speak the word of God, you best believe that the Holy Spirit, who is the one that inspired this word, is present. He's present and the word of God is alive because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. So you can speak a prophetic word over your finances. You can speak a prophetic word over according to the Bible. That is as, as you are trusting, believing as you are connected with the Lord. You can speak a prophetic word over, over everything that matters to you. And this is what this, this chapter is, is trying to encourage us to do. It's saying, therefore prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I will open 
open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Come on. You are coming out of mental prison. You are coming out of a psychological prison. You are coming out of spiritual poverty. You are coming out of psychological poverty. You are coming out of poverty financially. You are coming out of poverty systematically. You are coming out of poverty relationally. You are coming out of poverty socially. You are coming out of poverty all around academic poverty. You are coming out of poverty. Your, 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 your potential will not hemorrhage anymore. Your joy will not leak out anymore. And this is what is God is saying. You are coming out. You look at the, the situation and you are saying, but it's November, 2020. And God is saying, I don't care. You are coming out. You are coming out. Your marriage is coming out. Your relationship is coming out. Your business is coming out of this dryness. Yes, it is that we are in this pandemic season, but you are coming out because my word says you will be like a tree planted by the river. You will bear fruit even during the pandemic. Come on now. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. When he says you are coming out, yes, you are coming out. You are coming out of schizophrenia. You are coming out of paranoia. You are coming out of depression, anxiety. You are coming out. You are coming out of all of those things. You are coming out of bipolar. You are coming out. You are coming out of everything that has held you captive. You are coming out of just being broke and sad. You are coming out. You are coming out of that addiction. You are coming out of that low self-esteem. You are coming out of that, of that, of that worthlessness. Come on now. You are coming out. You are coming out. Come on now. Thank you, Jesus. And then he says in verse 12, all my people, I will open your grave of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. In verse 13, he says, when this happens, oh, my people, when this happens, oh, Anna, when I heal you, oh, Anna, when I deliver your family, oh, Anna, when I deliver your country, when I deliver the nations that you, that you are praying for, you will know that I am the Lord. Oh, come on. When he does it, when he wipes your tears, you will know that he is the Lord. There will be no human intervention except for those things that he, those people that he brings into your life to walk with in that season. And even then, they will not take credit for it. He alone will take credit for it. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. For his glory, we will do anything. For his glory, we will testify. Come on now, that his name may be known. Through our testimonies, we are going to plunder hell and populate heaven. Through our testimony, many who are lost will come to know Christ. Through our testimonies, many who are broken will be healed. Through our testimony, those that have lost hope, their hope will be restored for his glory so that we plunder hell and populate heaven. It's always about souls. It's always about the kingdom. Come on now. And then in verse 14, I will put my spirit in you. Come on. Look at the, I mean, he's going to put his spirit in me. Hmm? I will put my spirit in, in, in your marriage. I will put my spirit in your finances. I will put my spirit in your nation. I will put my spirit in your leaders. I will put my spirit in your company, in your employees, in your board. I will put my spirit in your streets. I will put my spirit in your children. I will put my spirit in everything that is concerning you, that, that which you surrender to me. Come on. And then you will live again. Your marriage will live again. Your business will live again. Your, your nation will, will survive this pandemic. Your business will survive this pandemic. Your soul, your soul will live with him in eternity. If you decide to surrender all of the nesties to him, change and turn your life around, surrender the madness to him. He says, the moment you surrender, the moment you give up everything that is holding you back, the moment you start to worship, you stop worshiping idols. The moment you stop worshiping the flesh, the moment you stop enjoying sin, you surrender it all to me. I will put my spirit in you. You will live again and not live as the world lives, live as a whole being that is 
embodied by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus says, I leave you not alone. I leave you with a friend, a comforter who is going to indwell you. Do your part. Surrender all that does not belong to you, to him. Give away everything that you don't need. Everything that works against you, give it to him at the foot of the cross. Leave it all there. The worries, the nasties, the, the everything, the disobedience, the immoralities, everything. Lay it at the feet of Jesus and choose life. And then he's saying, I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done what I said. Yes. Yes, guys. The end of that, of that verse is yes, the Lord has spoken. Yes, the Lord has spoken. The Lord has spoken that your nation will thrive. The Lord has spoken that thousands and thousands will come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Yes, yes, yes. Millions and billions will come to confess Jesus as the Lord and Savior. They will live with him. They will experience love, the love of Jesus, the love that is unconditional. He will wipe away their tears. He will feed them. He will keep them safe. Even in the flood, he will protect them. Even in the war, he will shield them. And when they die in me, they they don't die in vain because their soul will rest in eternal peace with me. They will be in the presence of love. They will be basking in love all day long. He said in his word, the Lord has spoken. You will be okay. You will be delivered. You will be healed. There will be restoration. There will be deliverance. There will be provision. There will be, there will be multiplication. There will be, there will be a changing of heart. There will be unity in your family. There will be, there will be a revival in your hearts. There will be transformation in your nation. There will be transformation in your hearts. There will be transformation in your marriages. There will be, there there, there will be a the curses that are, that, that, that are being broken, generational curses that are being broken, there will be healing, mental healing, psychological healing, spiritual healing, all kinds of healing. They will be that. Yes, the Lord has spoken. Do you believe it? Do you receive it? Do you trust? Are you walking with the Lord like Ezekiel? Are you hearing the word of God and doing what God is telling you to do? Are you prophesying life, prophesying his word over your situation? Are you meditating on his word enough to be able to prophesy over your situation? Are you spending enough time in the word of God? Are you walking in fellowship with him? Is your prayer closet warm or cold? Are you present when God wants to speak to you? Have you turned off your computer long enough? Have you turned off your cell phone long enough? Have you turned off your social media long enough? Have you turned off social events long enough? Have you turned off everything long enough to be able to be quiet in the presence of God, to hear what he says about you? Or are you going around catching feelings because your immune system is so compromised? What are you consuming? What are you feeding your mind with? Who are you listening to? Is it leading to life or to death? When I say death, I don't mean physical death, spiritual death, psychological death, emotional death, all kinds of death. Are you a walking dead person or are you alive in Christ? And all of this depends on you. What is your focus? Oh, are you lamenting? Do you spend time meditating on your problems? Do you spend time meditating on what is going wrong as opposed to seeing what God is doing in that very wrong situation? Do you spend time trying to fit, time to time to rejoicing in the wilderness, rejoicing while bound, not because you want chains to be broken, just because you are so in love with Jesus. It doesn't matter whether you are free or bound. You just want to worship him because the miracle is in worshiping him. 
in spirit and in truth. In John 4, um, John 4:34, I think it says, uh, John 4:24. John 4:24. He says there will come a time that when those that worship will worship in spirit. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. I'm just gonna quickly go there. I'm about to finish. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, John 4. So I think it's John. Okay, yeah, John 4, 24. It says, for God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. So you must worship in spirit and in truth. And how do you do that? Spend time in the word of God. Spend time with God through prayer. Spend time rejoicing. Spend time praying throughout the day in the bathroom instead of wondering what this and that person on the corridor said. Spend time in that moment praying. Spend time as you enter your office praying. In your heart, it doesn't have to be dramatic. As you enter any office, you pray before you go into that office. Before you enter a meeting, pray. Before you engage anyone, pray. And just be in a state of prayer. Prayer is like breathing. It's not an event. You can breathe, you can pray in the elevator, you can pray in the car, you can pray in the taxi, you can pray as you're walking, you can pray as you're talking. In your heart, you're praying because prayer is your lifeline. But we meditate more on our problems, we meditate more on other people's problems, we meditate more on political problems than we do on the word of God. But I think if we, if we flip our channels a little bit, we'll see that it is in our best interest to be tuned into Christ, his word his spirit all the time, then the things that are happening in this world will not drag us down, but we will stand. We will be like that tree that is planted by the river, bearing much fruit, even when the earthly circumstances are not okay. So I hope that this helps someone today. So I'm just going to close in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe that this is your word. This is the word that you have instructed me to share with your, with your, with my brothers and sisters in Christ. And Father, I pray that if there's anyone who says, I don't even know this Jesus that Anna is talking about. I don't even know this God that Anna is talking about. I ask you, Father God, to introduce yourself to him or her, that they may have the opportunity, Heavenly Father, to meet our loving Savior, Jesus Christ. That they may have the opportunity, Heavenly Father, to know what it is to live in freedom, freedom in the spirit, Jehovah God. It is not your desire that any should perish. So, Heavenly Father, you said in, in Revelations 3.20, Beware, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears, let him open, and I will come in and dine with him or her. I pray that you will knock at the hearts of those that don't know you, that, Heavenly Father, and that they will have the courage to open and let you in. I pray that for those who are walking with you, for those of us who are walking with you, that, Heavenly Father, that we will endeavor, Heavenly Father, to just see you in our daily situations. We'll endeavor to invite you to come with us wherever we go through prayer, we will endeavor to surrender all those things that Heavenly Father that attempt to drag us down in spirit, O oh God, because you've promised in Philippians 4, verse 4 to 9, that by prayer and supplication, we shall make our request known to you and we will experience a peace which passes all understanding. May this be our portion this day in this November if, as, as we close 2020 in the next couple of weeks. Father God, I pray that we will remain deeply rooted and grounded in your love that we will not be defined by our circumstances, what is and what isn't. That our, our, our joy will be because of what we have in you, what has already been accomplished on the cross at Calvary. The gift of eternal life, Father God, it is that one gift that we should be able to celebrate daily. And this should be enough. Everything else that you give us, Father God, it's a bonus. 
And we thank you that you've also empowered us to prophesy. Thank you for showing us that we can, as long as we believe in you, as long as we are in you, as long as we speak your word, because your word is trustworthy, Jehovah God, that we will see those things come alive that are dead in our nation, that are dead in our country, that are dead in our families, that are dead in our individual life, that are dead, dead in our corporations, Father God. We will see them come alive. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for Ezekiel's obedience and help us to be like that, Heavenly Father, to obey you that way. Help us, Heavenly Father, to be so, so trusting and help us, Heavenly Father, to trust you completely and to surrender to you completely. Pierce our spiritual ears to hear you when you call us. Open our spiritual eyes to see what you are doing. And Heavenly Father, and help us to remain in you and help us to seek you and to seek you with our whole heart so that we may be able to find you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.